Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. And I'm MK. And welcome to Filler Thursday. How are you doing? I, I am doing. I am doing. No, I'm not. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I have exactly nine days off for the summer. <laughs> you know, it's the end of the school year. Everybody's so excited about summer break. Um, I start teaching again on July 5th. Um, so like I am going to revel in doing nothing. Ugh, I love that for you. I've got a lunch date planned on Monday. It's not like a date date, just lunch date. And then I'm going to a concert on Tuesday with some of my friends. Oh, my concert. Nathaniel Rateliff. Okay. Nobody knows who it is except for me and like three of my weird indie friends. And we're so excited. Who's this person? Um, he's like an indie folk singer. Okay. Um, yeah. Tell me his name again. Nathaniel Rate. Rateliff. Rateliff. Um, Interestingly, my friend in Thailand, who is a musician, who I decided I was in love with the first time I heard him sing, and really I'm not in love with him, but I'm in love with his songs, like the lyrics that he writes. Like, they're like the kind where I'm like, oh, if this is your soul, we should be together because we are the same person. But really, we don't have anything in common except for feelings um, <laughs> about other people. <laughs> um but um, he was like, this is my favorite singer. You should go listen to him. So I downloaded one of his albums like two, three years ago. And I was like, oh, this is great. Hmm. And then I found out he was coming um, coming here. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then I found out that a bunch of my friends, like Tracy, it's Tracy, Anna, and Rachel are who are going with me because that, it just makes sense. That's my, my people, my tribe. Um, we're going to concert on Tuesday. And then sometime next week, I'll hopefully go to Shakespeare in the park. Yes, yes. Good times. I'm going to do that, too. So um, just enjoying. And my brother comes to town next week. Yay! So where is he coming to town from? Florida? Yes. Sometimes I forget which sibling is placed where. Correct. Yes. So George will be in town next week, which is exciting. That is exciting. That'll be so fun. This is the first time he's been home since he's moved or? Yes. I mean, I was in Florida in February and then he came to Massachusetts for the funeral last month. So like I've seen him. Yeah. But this will be the first time he's home. Aw. So it'll be nice. And Renee's coming with him. So they'll both be here. And when she came home in December, he wasn't with her. She just came to see her family. Mm-hmm. And her and I went to the potential wedding venue. So we have to take George to the wedding oh, venue God. while he's here next week. Oh, it's so fun. Yes. So I've got a good, exciting week up ahead. Yeah. This week, I cried all of the times because my little baby eighth graders graduated and um, one of my kids, the one who 
I don't know. He's a weird rat obsessed, mustached, lanky little fucker. And he moved to this school last year, but he was virtual last year. So this was his first like full year at the school. And everybody has said how much he has opened up and how they never would have known how funny he was and how great he was. And, uh, and I, and I'm very close with his parents. He's the one that I gave the award to that. I went to lunch with his parents a couple weeks ago and at graduation, I couldn't find him. And I grabbed his dad. I was like, where is your child? And he was like, he's outside waiting for you. And I went out there and his mom was crying and she was like, I just want you to know that all of those nice things that everybody has to say about him, they're because of you. Like you have shaped him coming out of his shell and like, and then like my, my little African implant baby, he sobbed, like he was uncontrollably sobbing. He was like, I don't want to say goodbye. And like my, my bonus child was like giving me so many hugs. And I like, I just, it was a lot. Yeah. You don't think that after nine months, like you can have that big of a hole in your heart saying goodbye to people, but you can. Yep. That is, that is true. Luckily, five, I think, five of the 11 of them have younger siblings still at the school. So they can't run away from, and 10 of the 11 of them are going to private Catholic high schools. And I have a, at least one friend who works at every single private Catholic (laughs) high school and so the kids, not only do they know that I will know everything about them, they know which teacher I'm going to find it out from. I told them, <laughs> I went through each of them. I go, okay, so at this high school, here are all the teachers that I will text to find things out about you. At this high school, here are all the <laughs> teachers that I will text to find things out about you. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So like, it's been a roller coaster of a week. That is for sure. How about you? How are you? Good. I'm uh, I'm tired. It's been a very busy week at work for me. Has it? I've been yelling at people in emails. I have uh, I was only at work like three and a half days. Don't I was only at work like three days total because Monday we were off for Juneteenth. Yeah. Tuesday uh, we did Sarah's birthday and her birthday was yesterday, but she was going out of town, so we did her birthday lunch. So we left at one. And then I was there all day Wednesday and Thursday. And then we got off at noon yesterday for who knows what reason. I don't know. But they said I was getting off at noon. And so I left at noon. <laughs> and um, I, I, I also. Good. I also didn't work Monday. Tuesday was a half day. I stayed like I stayed at work lot later, but Tuesday was a half day. And then we had our drama club picnic where we revealed our musical for next year. Which um, if you are not friends with me on Instagram or Facebook uh, is. Shrek. We're doing Shrek next year and I was so excited. And then Wednesday was also a half day and then I just stayed and cleaned. And then Thursday we went on a historic boat cruise for work. Yeah. Oh, great. And then yesterday I just went to the school and cleaned my classroom for a couple hours. So I also did not work this week. I, uh, but, I, but to I be fair, work. I just wasn't there. No, yeah, I was going to say, to be fair, I had to finish report cards and all of the end of the year emails and end of the year gifts and like summer reading lists. And I was working like a crazy person, just not in my classroom. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, I was so busy this week. I got through so many emails and 
so many copyright office emails. It was, uh, everything's changing. We had a big NMPA meet, quarterly meeting, and it was just on top of songwriters like being last week. I'm like, I've had too many meetings. Too many things have happened. Oof. So on Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday. It was because I worked Thursday. Yes. I walked home. I was like, I just need to like breathe. Yeah. And I left and it was like misty and kind of sprinkling, which is my favorite weather. Um, and so I was like walking home. I was like semi raining on me. And I just like walked through Bryant Park and it was so nice. And then I walked down to third to cross over. Normally I like walk down Fifth Avenue or Lexington or something like yeah, popping. And I was like, I just want to walk down to the street, like not to triangulate where I live, but like <laughs> that I'm off of. And so I walked down and I learned there's like a library like two blocks from me. I didn't even realize there was one so close. Cause I was like, oh, I just thought the, you know, big library was the big New York Public Library was my closest. Yeah. There's a whole nother one that's like two I blocks away. I didn't know there was one there either. I didn't either. And so I found it. And so I was like, oh, it's I'm gonna wander around. I was like, oh the time they closed, I couldn't find. Turns out they closed at six and I got there at 5 30. But it's so it's very small, it's very nice. And I walked in and they had this table in the front and they were like, everyone can take three books for free. So I have some books. <laughs> I want I have not read any of them naturally because okay. I don't read books. I just buy them. Yeah. Um, but these were free, so I didn't even buy them. So I got this book called The New Girl. And it's by Jesse Q. Satanto. And it seems really interesting. It's about a new girl joining a school. And there's murder and drama and all my favorite things. Um, and then I got this book by Jennifer Donnelly, who I've heard of but haven't read any of her stuff. Yeah. Called Poisoned. That is a spin on Snow White. And nice love that i love a good disney twist book yeah and then the last book i got is by adam silvera and i've heard of this book and never read it and heard so many good things about it and it's called they both die at the end i have heard about that i haven't read it either i was so stoked to get it for free like now that it's summer and i have time to read books for myself i'm gonna share book stuff but just since we're sharing books i'm gonna tell you guys what my classes are reading for their summer reading books oh yes so the incoming fifth graders, the current fourth graders are reading, oh my God, what did I make them read? No, you've forgotten everything you were going to say. No, <laughs> literally, it's the only one that I'm blanking on. What, oh, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Oh, I never read that one. Yeah, but, and it's, that's nonfiction, but mm -hmm. it is a good story about African ingenuity. Mm -hmm. The current fifth graders who are going into sixth grade, they're very excited because they really, really wanted to read this one. And then we ran out of time in the school year. They're reading Number the Stars. Another one I haven't read, but I know is excellent. I've only heard good things about it. The incoming seventh graders, my current sixth graders who hate reading, and I can't imagine that any of them are going to do well on this, are reading A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, such a good one. I reread right. that book. When the movie came out, and then I didn't watch the movie. I just reread the series. And then so. my, my incoming eighth graders, my current seventh graders, they're also excited because we were supposed to read it this year and it ran out of time. They're reading a book called Rising Water, which is a very new book. It's less than three years old because it is a nonfiction book about the Thai cave rescue that oh. happened while I was in Thailand. So, like, yeah. I have a really, really cool perspective on it. So, like, it's fun to teach it because, like, I... I know it. Oh, so so that. that's, that's, those are their summer reading books. Um, I told them that their Google classroom is going to be open come July and they're going to have stuff oh. to do over the summer. 
That's so nice. I love it. Hey. I'm currently reading a book called Shufto, which is a nonfiction book about an immigrant family moving from Sudan to Egypt to America, but it is written by the uncle of my kiddo at school. Oh, yeah. Nice. So. yeah it just finished um, A Family of Strangers, and I'm getting ready to start a new one that I've forgotten. It's one I'm very excited about and I've forgotten, but I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks because my brain and face don't have time to look at things half the time. Yeah. Um, let me see what the book is. because I'm actually really excited about it. Oh, The Perfect Mother by Amy Malloy. It's a Netflix show that just came out. Oh, yeah. And, um, I was say, I heard of, I've heard of that. Yeah. So I was like, I really wanted to read the book first. So I finally downloaded it. And um, so I'll be listening to that so I can watch the show. Nice. Very excited. Um, other things I'm excited about is spiritual yeah cards. yes what are what are we, what is our advice for the day our advice for the day is a good one it's a good one be kind-hearted and full of love but maintain boundaries like an ever and uh that is that i need that i always need that in my life so kindness kindness and your boundaries yes Oh. Um, kindness but boundaries do not exist in Bates Motel, in Bates Motel. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to word that and that's what I wanted to say also which is what we're discussing today and I did not turn to my page of notes because oh, I never no. do um, there we go so this is Bates Motel season 2 episode 4 it is called Checkout okay and I, ha- I have a fun comment later. Um, so it aired on March 24th, 2014. So almost. Almost my birthday. birthday of 22. It's like what year <laughs> to do math for a second. Was that the year I got strep throat? <laughs> yeah. That mm. might be the year I got strep throat for my birthday. Fun times. Fun times. No, I lied. That was 2015. Mm. Okay. No. Uh, this episode was rated 8.2 out of 10, which is in my book a little high, honestly. Not that it's a bad episode, but it's rated higher than some others that I thought should have been rated higher than this one. Okay. Um, the number one song is Shockingly Still Happy by Pharrell. Hate it. The number one movie is one I've never heard of and I don't know how called Noah. It had Russell Crowe, Jennifer Connelly, and Emma Watson. Yes. 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 Have you seen it? I haven't, but I remember when it came out. I don't. It's about like Noah, like Noah's Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I looked it up because I was like, maybe I just don't know because it's a single word. Nope. I I didn't know this movie existed. No, I definitely remember when that came out. Cool. Well, this, this is when. This is the time. Cool. Very fantastic. Fantastic. Um, not a lot of happy things happened on this day. No, Um, I can't imagine. It was a great time. World Tuberculosis Day. Um, did you know that I had to get tested for tuberculosis multiple, multiple times in Thailand? No, but I have also had to be tested for tuberculosis multiple times when I was doing stuff in high school for different events. 
I had like they have to for you to have a work permit in Thailand. You have to be yearly tested for TB. I wonder if you have to do that here too, because I mean, like when I did, so I did. Um, what's the doctor's one? Basically, a medical internship in the summer while I was in high school, and um, when I did that, I had to get tested for TB like twice. <laughs> I had to get tested to get. I had to get tested twice in America for each school district I taught for. Mm. Like mm. when I had, when I started working at a public school district, I had to get tested, but each school district wouldn't share medical records. So I did have to do it twice. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, no, I guess that makes five times that I've had a TB test, but in Thailand, it was just a regular, like I did a regular blood cut test and they scanned it. Oh, in America, it was the weird, yeah, under bubbly the skin, skin one that freaks me out. That's the only one I've ever had is under the skin bubbly one. Nope, I hate it. Yeah, so good times. TV. Um, the time person of the year was the healthcare workers who were fighting Ebola because this was Ebola times. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, and if that doesn't feel weirdly um nowadays enough russia and ukraine were fighting <laughs> so everything is cyclical everything is the same um so that's that's that day <laughs> great i love it sorry you're for it lifting and that everything is cyclical as you said the director is again different i don't know where um Tucker, Tucker Reeves, was that our... I think no, that was our guy. Tucker Gates? He was Tucker I don't. Gates. Tucker something, I've, I've forgotten. Um, he's not here right now. I don't know if he's coming back. <laughs> but uh, we have John David Coles, who um, is known for House of Cards, okay. 11-22-63, and Homeland. I... Love eleven twenty two sixty three. Does everyone else? It, I have not seen it. I want to read it first, which is fair. You can ask Kate when it came out. I think Nancy Montana, Kate, Lauren, and I watched it fifteen times. I think I've talked to her about this before. <laughs> we like we we. Oh my goodness! I forgot the best news from this week. Stop everything! I have to tell you this news first. Oh boy. So I was at work and I got a message from Jamie, Kayla's husband. Well, I got a group, we're like in a group together. And so it's the three of us. And he sent me a video and Thomas has started saying Coco. Oh, I cried. <laughs> I was at work and I cried. And the next day he sent me a video. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, but Thomas has this, this is their like almost two year old child. For those of you who do not know our lives, um, he they have this little book that they that uh, Aunt Tony made him when he was born of like all mm -hmm. the family and so like yeah. there's a picture of me on like Facetime because obviously I couldn't be there right I'm in the book still and Jamie sent me another video from the next day and he had like gone and pulled out the book and he opened it to my page and kissed my page and picture and I was like it's okay my my niece in person like zara knows who we all are in person like and everything but when you're looking showing her pictures she will say grandpa she says grandma she says uncle when she looks at george but for me and my other sister gabby she can't tell the difference between the two of us and her mom we're all mom 
That's so funny. Like in person, she knows I'm Anna and DM, but in picture, I'm also mom. That's so funny. Oh, sorry. Did not mean to have a break. One and a half year olds are the best. They are. They are. I didn't know, but they are. Oh, I cried two days in a row because it was two different days he sent me these videos. Oh, oh Thomas. Just, oh, so happy. But oh. yeah, so Kate and I watched, Kate and Monty and I watched Love and 2263 so many times. Yes, I, uh, I am going to watch it. Vanessa, me and Vanessa were literally just talking about it like two days ago and she was like, you have to read the book too. So I am going to read the book and then I am going to watch the show um, because I mean, it's a weird Stephen King one. It's not like a typical Stephen King. So, it's so when I found out, because I started watching it before I even realized it was based on a Stephen King book. And when I found out it was Stephen King, I was like, wait a second. What? I know. That's what I've heard. I'm excited. So good. So um, good. Anyway, so he also directed Homeland. Those are the things okay. he's known for. I don't have a lot of information about him because there's not a lot out there. Um, I didn't really know. I mean, he did a lot of other like um, like crime show. I mean, he was like, he did Law and Order, The Center. He's like done episodes on all these different types of shows. Yeah. Similar, but different. Um, we have one new writer who we actually had two episodes ago and I didn't realize it. Um, but this is the only, I think the only two episodes she's directed for the show. At least, I mean, written for the show, but as of now. We had the same writers steal, but then she was added. Okay. Um, her name is Liz Tigalar, I believe is how you say it. Okay. Um, she is known for little fires everywhere which i read but haven't seen and i didn't care for the book but i heard the show was better right that's one of the few one of the few ones that i have heard the show is actually better i mean it's carrie washington and reese witherspoon so like right there (laughs) i believe you um and she also wrote on nashville um okay the things i've seen that she's written on one of the big shows she's written on was casual from hulu and i love that show it is dark have you seen it? No. Um, it's dark, it's emotional, and it's kind of like, I don't know if like static. It's not, it's not as dramatic, but there's a lot of things that happen. Okay. Um, it's really good. And then um, Revenge, which was one of my favorite shows. I love that show. Yeah. And she were on a couple of episodes of Once Upon a Time, but I didn't see which episodes they were. So, you know, you she's know, a good I one. I love Once Upon a Time. I know, me too. Um, and the person that I want to talk about this week, one of our, uh, stars, guest stars, or for now stars, um, is Paloma, Paloma Keviat, Keviatkowski. She's Polish, in case that wasn't clear. Um, she plays Cody. Okay. That makes sense. And, uh, again, not a whole lot about her. She doesn't have a ton of credits of things I knew. Um, she is known for, she played Talia and Percy Jackson. Okay. I have not read or seen one day, maybe. And, uh, the other thing she's known for is a movie called the Christmas calendar. I don't know where it's from. It looked very Hallmarky could have been Netflix Hallmarky. I, I'm trying to remember it. So Kristen Chenoweth did this one Hallmark Christmas movie. Um, probably like five years ago, but it like was about, she moved to the small town and there was these firemen and she made a Christmas calendar with the fireman. But I think that one was called like 12 somethings of Christmas. Like I don't, I don't remember which Kristen Chenoweth calendar 
Christmas movie. Yeah, this is not it because she's not on the front of it. And if it was Chris, it was, if it was Kristen Chenoweth, she would be on the front of it. <laughs> That's fair. So uh, not this one. Um, but yeah, so I have not seen this movie. I do not know anything about it. I know nothing else about this woman other than she's okay. from Canada, like everyone else associated with the show. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. So to do go back to my notes where they start um right so we left off with our big reveal of caleb being dylan's dad (laughs) that was a that was a big one um but we start with emma in bed with cupcake boy who i probably should start calling gunner but i don't know we'll see um so we assume at this point that she's slept with him. We don't know. She doesn't know because she drank too much. And uh, when she's getting herself together outside, a woman's like, there's a guy passed out in the truck. How do I talk to a manager? And she's like, what? Turns out Dylan has uh, passed out hanging out of his window of his truck with like vomit everywhere. It is disgusting. But I said, man, Emma has all of the shit to deal with today. Always, always on Emma bless her heart um and she goes to try to wake him up and he doesn't get up but he's not dead thankfully i was not sure for a second it's like is this the end of dylan suddenly but it wasn't it was not he was breathing right so she tries to wake him up and she can't so she goes and like wakes norman up and i would have like jumped out of my skin if she just like showed up in my bedroom out of nowhere but i mean it was for a good reason yeah i'm just I don't want to be awakened by people that I'm not expecting in my house. Fair, fair. Um, and he's like super snappy with her when she's trying to like get him to help her. Like, and she's just like, what's going on? And he's just like, none of your business. No, nothing. Nothing's happening. And it's like, okay, calm down, Norman. Okay, Norman, number one rule for someone who lies as much as he does, stop yelling every time you lie. Right, right. Because it's very clear. Yeah, I had to explain that to one of my sixth graders. Um, I was like, hey, honey, every time you yell or every time you lie to me, your voice goes up two octaves. I know, I know you're lying. You're not good at it. Right. Norman also not good at it. But uh, hopefully she is not a psychopath like Norman is. So we're going to assume she's not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, sorry. My student. No, he he is... um. Maybe he's not a Norman Bates, but he might be a little bit messed up in that. Well, yeah, no one's Norman Bates, so that's good. So then, uh, Norma shows up and she's being so motherly to Dylan. I had a breakdown here in this moment, and then Dylan had the same breakdown much later. <laughs> so, um, it happened, but so, but it suddenly made sense why it is so hard for her to be his mom like because you see her when she's doing this and she is taking care of him and like in the last episode when she was like going to do his laundry for him she does love him right but how do you how do you mother someone that every time you look at them you're reminded of the most traumatic thing that has ever happened to you yeah Yeah, that's totally fair and um real bummer and uh it just adds another layer to Norma's doing the best she can. And everything I learn about her 
makes me feel less like she's a psychopath for things she's done in the past. No, seriously. I'm like, this episode was so hard to watch because I am so team Norma right now. I know. I, I am. Um, yeah. I, uh, I accidentally found out spoilers, like three spoilers in like one sentence. I was trying to look something up and I was like, Jesus Christ. So uh, don't tell me because I know no, nothing. I'm not telling anyone. I'm going to pretend like I don't know. I'm going to forget it because that's what I do. I mean, I forget things. I, I mean, you do forget things anyway. <laughs> so hopefully I just, you know, if you want to follow my mental decline, this is where you do it. Hopefully I'll, <laughs> hopefully this will be one of the things I forget. Um, so Norma's being motherly and then she goes outside and she like vaguely questions why Emma's there. And Emma's like, oh, I'm here to help out. And she's like, it's 7 a.m. And she's like, yeah, it's a busy day. And she's just like, okay, whatever. I'm like, okay, Norma, you've got a lot going on. I understand. Just my note here was Emma is the only convincing liar of the three of them. She truly is. She was on it. Like, and could you imagine? Like, I've had multiple drinks than I sh- more than I should have some nights. And the next day, you want me to like come up with something? I barely could tell you my name. Probably, I'd be so tired. I'd be so cranky. Like. I could, I don't know that I could lie that quickly. I probably well. could, but I also have never blacked out. Like no matter how drunk I've been, I've, yeah. no matter how drunk I've been, no matter how many stupid things, like I've woken up in the next morning and been like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. But I've yeah. never been like, did I do that? Like right. I, I've never been to the point where I don't remember. Yeah. So I might be cranky, but I could probably still lie. But, like, also, she did not look disheveled enough. Like, I would have, I'm telling you, like, I could have, like, two or three glasses of wine the next morning. I'm like, don't talk to me. <laughs> That's fair enough. The, the lack of, the lack of being disheveled, especially for someone with an immune disorder. No. Right. No. So, uh, but yes, yeah, you're correct. Oh, I was going to say, when I, when she woke up in a panic at the beginning of the episode, I was very concerned because she didn't have her oxygen tank. <laughs> yes. I was like, what happened? I didn't know she could like take it off to go to bed. I guess so. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> Emma, I know nothing about COPD. Clearly, I also do not. Um, oh no, she doesn't have COPD. She has CF. That's the one she has. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I also do not know anything about CF though either. So, <laughs> that's a blanket statement. Those are things I don't know about. Correct. Um, yeah. So Norma decides she's gonna go kick Caleb out of the town apparently and she drives up to the the hotel and she just can't get out and I was like Norma you know you are not ready for this like no good on you for trying to like protect your kid but god bless you remember last week I was still very torn and very angry and not like doubting Norma but like I'm I'm trying with her. This scene was what a hundred percent sold me on the fact that she is not lying because there was no one else there for her to be showing off to. She was having a legitimate breakdown by herself. And as a person who has been abused, I absolutely related to that feeling of not being able to face them. Yes. And that is... And I now 100% believe that Norma told the truth. 
Yes, I, I definitely also believe. Like, I was, like, 90% of the way there last week, but this scene was what was, like, okay, no, like, this is the one time she's for sure not lying. Yeah, so um, this scene sent me off the rails, and this is where I found all the spoilers in accident, because this hotel that he's staying in looks very familiar. It's called the King's Motel. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is surely used in other stuff. It looks similar to the one in Breaking Bad. It looks similar to another one I saw recently in a show that I don't remember where it was. And so I looked up where the hotel was, like what it was filmed as. Yeah. And instead of telling me where this film, this was used again, it told me like three spoilers in like a sentence. I was like, that's not even what I asked. This is not what I asked for. So do not try and look up where this hotel is or what it has been filmed in before, or you will learn spoilers that are unnecessary to know right now. Okay. So we'll never know where this hotel was used because now I'm mad. Um, okay. But I, I do still believe it was used in other filming. And if you just know off the top of your head, please let me know. Yeah, please. If you do um, already know that detail that and you can tell us without spoiling anything, please do. Because I agree that it looks super familiar. Yes. And it will bother me until I die if I don't figure out where it is. So um, once the show's over, maybe I'll try and look it up again. But was it on the trivia for the episode or anything? Nope. Nope. Oh. <laughs> I tried very hard because I didn't rude. look it up until I looked at the trivia to make sure. Mm, okay. Um, That's rude. But yeah, so uh, we pop back to the Bates Motel and Emma's answering phones and hiding under the desk because she sees Cupcake Boy <laughs> going out to his truck. Not bothering her, nothing, just going on his way and she's just yeah. hiding away. And um, then we pop over to Dylan being awake. And I was like, great. So Dylan's alive and Norman's in there talking to him and he's like how long have you known everything and he's like I just found out yesterday and he doesn't believe him and like look there's a lot of things that Dylan I'm like Dylan just listen just think about it but I get it he's in a very like vulnerable spot right now he's very upset so like I, I get that he's not thinking clearly had so much anxiety in this scene because I was convinced that Dylan was gonna tell Norman about his dad I also thought that I also, because he really hardcore leaned into it. And, uh, and I think, I think he wanted to, but like big brother instincts, no matter how fucked up he was, he still couldn't ruin his little brother's life. Like, but he put it in his head so that he could ask about it later, which is where we went. So, uh, but Emma pops in and she's asking what was going on. And Norman just won't tell her. And I'm like, Norman, She's your best friend. Right. She's been through a lot with you. Yeah. She knows about this girl that is probably dead, in the, that's now dead in the woods because of yeah. the sheriff who is also now dead. Um, this feels less consequential <laughs> than those things. Right. Um, because this doesn't, like, her knowing doesn't change anything. It doesn't change what's going to happen. Right. Um, it just, you know, now she knows. But fine. Pick your battles, I guess. Um, and then we pop over back to the docks. And Caleb is deciding he's going to try and be buddy-buddy again with Dylan. And Dylan goes off on him. I was As like, he should. I was like, thank God Dylan believes Norma. Like, and I know he's broken by it and hurt by it, but he believes her. Which is important. Yes. But for not only her, but also him. Because yeah. if he didn't, he would still be in this place with Caleb that he right yeah and uh caleb tells dylan 
that he doesn't know what he's talking about essentially that he's not his father and that it's this guy she went off and married. So naturally more doubt in his head. Yeah. <sighs> but he also gives Dylan his money back, which, which confused me. I took it as a manipulation technique. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. I think that was him trying to confirm with Dylan in Dylan's mind that he's the one telling the truth and not Norma. Even though, like him saying, like, look, I'm telling you this, and this is rational. But here's the thing. Is it because he knows the truth and is trying to manipulate him? Or is it like sneaky manipulation because he doesn't actually know he's trying to get more like you know what I mean like trying to get more information trying to get more from Dylan because he thinks that he can work Dylan I'm not sure because I still don't even at the end of this episode I don't know what Caleb knows right that's the thing that doesn't know but I just but I mean like we talked about last episode it seems like he does still you know yeah I, I just I don't I don't know what to think like I don't like him I don't think he's right. a good guy but I don't know what he knows what his motivation is like he is still such a question mark for me right right and I, I agree I um I also do not know mm-hmm. um but we do go next we go to the Bates home and Christine Norma's new BFF is calling her to try to get her to go out with her her brother and her husband and Norma's like no thanks I am not capable of being a person today which is totally fair and what she should have said i did not like christine's reaction to this like, the close-up of her face when she was like oh, no yeah, like so- sometimes people just have shit days and they can't go out right they also won't. like she said she didn't feel well what if she has the flu like you're not gonna come drag her out when she has the flu like christine somebody who's never christine would have had an easter dinner in the first month of the COVID pandemic. Yes. She uh, has never not gotten her way. And it's clear. Christine definitely had gatherings of 10 or more people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not a fan of her. Not a fan of her. I love how like that's going to be for the rest of our lives as millennials. How we compare things. Like would you have ignored COVID protocol? Right. Or, but then on the opposite, would you have been that asshole who wore a mask alone in your car? Also true. <laughs> like, that's how we judge people from now on. Yes. I, uh, yeah, there's a middle ground. Um, yeah, so, what am I trying to say? Oh, <laughs> there's a line there. I thought that was a full sentence. It's not the same sentence. Um, so, Norman brings it up again and she's he's like you could have told me about this and she's like she's like I've never told anyone I'm not you know like I barely told you the first part and uh and he's like what else are you not telling so then he took the bait that Dylan laid out and said what are you not telling me and she's like nothing and and that's when I said everyone's a fucking liar here yes and Norma is using Norman again as her therapist. And I was like, Norma, you cannot use your child as your therapist. I understand you've been through a lot. I understand you're going through a lot. 
Correct. This is still not okay. Correct. And this is one of the moments where like, once he like, they settled in on Norman's face again, his eyes just went so dark. And it was like, I don't know if it was a lighting choice. If it was like facial choice. Like, you know, like sometimes you can make your eyes yeah. away. And so I was like, but this is, you know, more his eyes go dark. And I do have a comment about that going forward, but not yet. Um, Cause that scene was chilling. And then um, Norman. Did, wait, this one or the next time? This one. Oh, we'll get to the next one. Okay. Um, I, I have thoughts of a Yes, I also do. Um, so Norma tried and true is cleaning because she's stressed. As we know, when things just hit the fan, mm-hmm. this is where she goes. And um, lo and behold, Christine shows up to make her go out instead of just abiding by her wishes, letting her relax and rest because she needs it. Um, but she's like, hey, you're going to go out. Everything's going to be fine. Um, George is going to pick you up at seven. Okay, bye. And it's like, okay, well, you're not a very good friend, but fine. Because, I mean, sure, there are times in a friendship where, like, you're, like, sitting and you're, like, you need to go out. Yeah. Right. You're moping. But it's like, okay, it's been a few days now. You've had time to grieve. You have to get out of this funk or you're going to be in it forever. Right. That's when your friend shows up and says, hey, you have to get out. Mm -hmm. Maybe not send you on a date, but but still. Yeah. But the first, like, 24 hours when you're dealing with your past trauma, not the time. Not the time give her at least like you know a couple of days <sighs> and uh we have this very quick scene where zane just sends dylan to go retrieve guns and snaps at him and i'm not really sure why i was placed there um, i didn't even see that scene because it was about to <laughs> literally like we go to the weed farm zane comes up to dylan and he's like hey there's a shipment of guns go get them and dylan's like okay and he's like no you have to do this and then like walks off and it's like I literally don't remember that scene happening. I'm guessing it is meant to be a foreshadowing of him going to war with this other gang faction. No, for sure. But I just don't I even don't remember why it was placed there or in this episode at all. So cool, cool, cool. Don't know. I feel like that was a bad scene placement. Yeah, for um, sure. And then we go back to him and Norman, and Norman is looking at the motel Kayla was staying at naturally um and emma is still hiding from cupcake guy and then um and uh she says something what does she say the scene like norman's like why are you hiding and she's like she said i'm not hiding not wanting to be seen is different than hiding exactly i was like absolutely you are very correct um and then cody bursts in and she is pissed off because apparently Norman was supposed to go to the theater that morning to help her with set. Which we did actually know because they talked about it at the bonfire the night before. We did, but I had forgotten because a lot has happened since then. <laughs> Which is obviously why Norman didn't go because a lot has happened right. since then. Right. And so, like, fair. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it. She storms in. She st- and then she gives. she's like, here's my number. If you're not going to show up, let me know. And storms out. And it's like, all right. And Emma knows this girl. And like basically like she's bad news. She's like she she, she she goes, she used to go to her school, but she's a dropout. You know your mom wouldn't like that. I was like, <laughs> Yep, yep. So now I'm like, is Emma going to be his next Norma? As opposed to being a relationship or just a friend? Because I mean she is 
in the scale of way things are going. I mean, she's working at the hotel. She's managing the hotel. Like she's literally following his mom's path. Oh, aside I didn't from, even see that. Right. And since we know that, you know, obviously Norma does not live forever because that's not how it goes in Psycho. Um, I wonder if she's going to kind of take her place for a while. Hmm. So we'll see. Moving forward, thoughts. And uh, so now Norman's get, Norma is getting ready for her date because, uh, you know, she said she would. And she's acting like she doesn't want to go, but you can kind of tell she does at this point because she is interested in George and she does want to go out with him, even yeah. though her life is a disaster currently. Correct. Um, and Dylan gets home. And Dylan, among all of the other things, won't just say what Caleb said. He just, he's so drama queen when it comes to stuff like this that it's too far. And I get for the show's sake, they mm-hmm. want to drag it out. They want to hold it on. But it just, it doesn't feel natural when they do it like this. Because it's like. See, I didn't feel that way. I just felt like it really? was somebody who was so broken that everything that they used to be kind about, they are now sharp. Like, I might not know literally. No, Dylan. yeah. Dylan's going to be so broken and sharp now. And it kills me. Like, he, he doesn't know how to process what he's feeling. So he can't be honest with Norma. Because even though he believes her, he he's still doesn't mm-hmm. like he believes her enough to not be to be mad at Caleb, Caleb. but he's still angry enough not at the situation that he can't forgive her either. Right. No, and that's very fair. I definitely agree with that. But I feel like we're getting a lot of Dylan scenes where it's like if Dylan would just say what he's going to say instead of waiting fifteen minutes to say it later, that it like no. That's I, I do agree, but remember, he's 22. That's true. And yeah. I don't know how much experience you have with young 20-something men, but that's exactly what they would do. Yes. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. It's just, I don't like the way it was portrayed. I felt like it was <laughs> very repetitive feeling. And they should have chosen a different way to do the same thing, maybe. Um, and then the doorbell rings. And George is there to pick up Norma. And Norman was all gung-ho about her hanging out with friends and going out until he sees that it's a date, not just her going out with her group of friends, which is what she made it sound like. Because you see the look on his face when George puts his arm around Norma, and it is not a, not a happy one. No. I, my note says, what the fuck was that look, Norman? Yeah. It got real dark real fast it did and it wasn't even because usually like so far the dark has been kind of justified Mm -hmm. like not that it not that it's ever really justified but like it's been when dylan is hitting or yelling at norma or like when like it's about things that are like actually like justifiably protective right this is like a whole other line and it's also weird because, like, he didn't like Zach. He didn't trust Zach, but he mm-hmm. didn't act like that. I think, and I think that this is showing that, like, now he's acting like this because he's progressively getting worse. Right. And so, like, if he had met Zach in the same time frame, I think it would have been the same. 
but I, cause I mean, he wasn't happy about Zach, but he didn't know dark place. But he didn't he, go dark. And, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that it's showing how much quicker he's turning and how much. Right. Like, I mean, and it took 16 years for him to snap on his dad. Right. So, but then kind of when he flipped that switch, it's all downhill from there. Yeah. So good times. Um, and then we're at the theater, and he is taking his frustrations out on the props. Um, there's one scene before that. Because just the order of the notes. The scene where Emma asks Gunnar what happened is before the theater. No. Oh, it's an, oh, okay, no. There's multiple scenes at the theater that I just didn't take notes on all of them, apparently. Yeah, I, uh, so this is the one... Yeah, because okay. we go to the theater and he's talking to Cody and she's like, are you mad at me because um, I said you were gay or because of this or whatever? And he's like, no, I'm just stressed about my mom. And then he tells her everything. No, no, no. Because, yeah, I have the notes about him telling her everything after. Oh, I have the hotel after when Emma talks oh, to him. Oh, okay. Nope. I lied. I lied. I lied. I know what my notes are about. Just kidding. You're correct. <laughs> so, yeah. So he tells... Cody, he's like, yeah, my mom was abused by her brother and he's in town and he sucks. And I'm like, you wouldn't tell Emma, who's your best friend, who is mm-hmm. like kind of in your family circle now. And you tell this yeah. random girl you've known for like seven minutes. Correct. I was mad about it. And ugh, so then Cody's all like, sure, let's make him nervous and run him out of town. And I was like, great. Now she's going to give him more tools that he doesn't need. Like, he's already very capable of killing on his own. And now she's yeah. like, we're going to figure out ways to manipulate and scare people on top Correct. of you. People. Correct. And, like, obviously she doesn't know he's killed people, but still. But still. This is not great. And, um, but then we go back to the motel and Emma's finally talking to Gunner. She just walks up and knocks on his door and she's like, we got to talk now. Like, and I said, okay. Maybe he is a good guy because nothing happened. He just took care of her. Well, we are clearly different human beings because my reaction to this conversation was very different. Yes, please tell me your thoughts. Because he is like, no, like, yes, he says all those things. He's a good guy. He didn't take advantage of her, but he said, and if we had slept together, you would have remembered it. And my note just says, oh, God damn, yes, please. <laughs> but that doesn't change any of the things about what I said. <laughs> no, it just means that we had very different impressions walking away from that. That is very true. That is very true. We both took very different things from that scene. I was like, oh, 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 okay. You are into gutter and i am putting my cynicism about him to the side for now yeah no i am but also who am i not into in the show let's be honest no norman i don't Norman. let's but like start start over (laughs) but like gunner absolutely dylan most of the time sheriff romero please zane oh fuck that guy right we don't like zane no no I don't think that's going to change. No. Um, no, especially yeah. not now. Great. So this guy's all right. So we're moving on. And they're at dinner. And 
Christine's husband, who I've forgotten, Peter, I think is his name. Peter. His name is Peter. Is too excited about Costco and all these big box stores we're going to get because of this new bypass that is like clearly killing Norma. And he's just like, ah, she's fine. She knows everything. And it's like, just because she knows that these things are happening, don't just drag her down. Like, also, like, I have very mixed feelings on everyone's reaction to these big box stores mm-hmm. because, like, while I understand the convenience, And it's not like I don't shop at them. I go to Walmart and Target all the time. Like I get it. The convenience, the the affordability, the modernization, like I I get it. But if I had like a quaint seaside town, 0% of me would want a big box store there. Because it's going to change the town. And it changes everything. A town that has all these secrets, because then you start bringing in more people. You start bringing Bringing outsiders. And it's like things are going to change more than just now you have this convenient big box store. Like now also the rest of the world sees your weird little weed town where these crime families are killing each other. Like I would not want to bring someone in specifically for that reason. Correct. Especially for this. So like, I agree. I don't understand why we're so into, because that makes sense in a town that looks at tourism. Right. Their money is not from tourists at all. I mean, and they do have tourists, but it's because everything's so quaint and under the surface. Right. How do you bring that money new? Because tourism isn't, the box stores aren't going to bring tourism. They're going to bring new implants and residents and workers. And that's going to fuck up your dynamic. Right. How can, how would, which makes sense why Nick is against the bypass Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make sense why Alex isn't. Right. Yes. Um, but maybe, I mean, maybe Alex is against it because he thinks it will clean up the town because with all these new people coming in, they'll have, they'll be forced to kind of clean things up. So it's not as obvious. That's fair. Nope. I can see that. That's- so maybe that's why he's not against it. But uh, I mean, but still like it's the town yeah. as much money and the town pays his bills. So you know, there's a there's a lot of things to be yeah. concerned about. But um, George, our resident, who knows if he's a good guy, apologizes to um, Norma for everything that happens because obviously he's a normal person and yeah realizes that Peter's kind of being a jerk and Norma's not taking it well, as any normal person would not. <laughs> Correct. So fun times. So now we are back with Cody in the car. And she gives Norman a tire iron. This is where I went off about how she was a horrible influence. And I was pissed off that he even told her anything to begin with. And that's why I was confused. Because I didn't write when I was angry at first. Right. I got angry again. Yes, me too. I got angrier at this point. And um, so they're going to drive to the hotel to run him out. And Norman is just kind of like, let's do it and cody's like this is how we're gonna do this this is how we're gonna do this and it's gonna be fine everything's gonna work out blah 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 they get to the hotel and norman's like i have to leave he starts having these like flashbacks of things that didn't happen to him but as normal flashbacks right but here's the thing i was really okay with norman in this moment even though it seems weird and dark because he proactively recognized that he was having about to have a blackout and did not want to be there. It was the first time that he like took responsibility 
mm-hmm. for his mentally unhingedness. Yes. And I and, was like, yeah, I was like, is Norman becoming self-aware of where he's at? What's going on? And I was right. like, and it's, you know, I mean, he does and he doesn't. I mean, he realizes it later, but still doesn't. He still goes in these blackouts where he doesn't know what's going on. But I mean, as you know, a psycho goes and everything, but right. It's uh, but he is, I mean, he has more self-aware and psycho. He knows that he has these breaks. And so that's why he's like, I can't drink. I can't do this. I can't like, because he knows bad things happen. So uh, this yeah. is our first time we saw him becoming more self-aware of what was mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. And I think it's because he's deteriorating so fast that it's becoming more obvious that he's having moments that he's missing and not remember. Right, right, right. Um, and then we go back to Emma and Gunner. And he's like, okay, why are you relieved that this didn't happen? He's like, it's just been bothering me. And I put, I love the open conversations we're having. Yes. Because this is how you communicate with people. This is how you make sure everyone's on the same page. There's no need for unneeded unnecessary hatefulness unnecessary anger and like a little attacked well if you all just talk to each other everything is fine because you can all work out your differences because it's most it's always almost always a misunderstanding and i will say that from the rooftops that is my soapbox and has been for the past months with everything in my life but like sometimes you can't just be like hey i like you it's fine we're fine i'm fine and my note says emma is a pure ball of light and i love her yes and she knows how to communicate and so does gunner and everyone is happy yeah because they spoke to each other with real words yes so now they're leaving dinner norma and george and i don't know where this shawl came from that she's wearing I don't know if she was carrying a shawl when she left, but I don't remember seeing it. And now she's got a shawl on. So. Okay. But to be fair, she like always has a shawl on. So I, feel I know. Like I don't know where they come from. They just appear <laughs> out of nowhere. She bought it at the restaurant. Yes. And their gift shop that they have at this nice fancy restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you imagine though? Like if nice fancy restaurants that weren't Disney affiliated had gift shops. But no, but could you imagine if nice fancy restaurants had gift shops specifically with things like stoles and shawls for the women who come in nice dresses and then realize it's freezing in the fucking restaurant? They would make bank off that shit. So much money. So much money. More than they would off their wine, like to be frank. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Yeah. And when George goes to drop her off, he asks her out again. And she's just like, thanks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so i had i had two notes about the scene one was as um george was explaining how taken with norma christine was i was like i there's something fishy about christine this does not check out for me but then i got mad when norma didn't answer him because i was like that was not really an answer norma but like to be fair has got a lot going on she should right. have out tonight like Give her a minute to like. Okay, breathe. but th- again, this goes back on communication because, like, I because like I my lunch date on Monday, my friend was like, we talked about where we were going to get lunch and what we we're going to do, and he was like, what time would you like to do it? And I said, listen, I've got a lot on my plate on the next couple of days, and I don't really have the ability to brain right now. Do you mind if I get back to you on that later? And he was like, absolutely. It's so easy to be like, I'm not turning you down. I just need a minute. Right. 
totally fair. Yes. I definitely agree. So, um, yeah. And so then we go back to the docs and Alex Romero is introducing his, himself to his Zane. car. His car pulled up and I go, there's my man. I miss you. <laughs> <sighs> Sheriff oh, God Alex bless. Romero. Mm. Tall drink of water. Or wine. Today. It probably won't last forever, but today we like him. Um, I always like him. I think I think at this point he could just kill someone in cold blood and I'd be like, well, he deserved like they deserved it. <laughs> well, uh, you keep those thoughts and I will uh reserve my judgment because I'm I'm not <laughs> ready to make that statement fully yet. <laughs> I don't know where we're going, and I don't know if he's going to kill people in cold blood or if it's necessary. Um, but he's threatening Zane that things better stay civil because he's not going to put up with it in this town. And I was like, good. Also, he like read him. He was like, you seem like the kind of guy who no one takes seriously. So you do some dumb shit to try to make people take you seriously. But guess what? I'm still not going to take you seriously. And I was like, tell him. And I was like, maybe Romero's going to be the one to kill Zane because he's going to throw off the balance in his town. And that would be okay. Yes. I, I would not, I wouldn't take him out of the good category for that. Fair. But, but, uh, yeah, so he has this whole thing. And then we go back home. Dylan gets home and Norma's been drinking. I, I was confused it, by that because I yes. literally thought that that was water. I wasn't sure. I was like, did we? <laughs> it, it looked like she was drinking. Like the way she was sitting looked like she was drinking, but that was a water jug. And so I was right. very confused. Uh, and maybe she had just had a lot to drink at dinner and now she was drinking water. So, you know, right. That's also an option. Who knows? Who knows? Um, then I was just like, Dylan, do you hear yourself? Because he's like, well, Caleb said it wasn't like that. And it's like, we've already established that Caleb's a liar. Like, we've already established that we don't care for him. just so broken. I know. It's like, why do you keep trying to use what he says as a defense when it's clearly not? Because he needs more information. Like, he needs somebody to be honest with him because everyone is lying to him. And, like, I'm not saying that he should believe Caleb, but, like, I, I get the just desperation. His whole life is a lie. I agree, but it's like when Caleb's like, it wasn't like that. That's such a cop out lie. Oh, for like, sure. He didn't even try to be like, look, your mom went through a lot of stuff. This is, he was like, it wasn't like that. It's like, okay, that means that it was exactly, exactly like, like that. Oh, no, yeah. absolutely. But then when Dylan said, why did you even have me? Like, you just used me to get out of your bad situation. I was never anything for you but a tool. Like, you don't love me. Uh, that was. That was everything that I had already realized she felt about him, and it fucking sucked. I was like, Dylan, you're not super wrong. I was like, but she loves you even though, even though. And when she says it's not your fault, but it's also not my fault, I was like, yes. <sighs> yes it just sucks. Everything just sucks. And it is. Yes. It's, yes. Uh, and I was like, Dylan, we've already moved past all of this. Please just let it be just but then to- i got scared because he left and norman was not at the door anymore because norman was standing at the door listening to them fight and then he opened the door and norman was gone and i was like oh no where did norman go 
Yeah, so this is where I started having comments about Mormon. So I think, you know, we've talked about how well they've used the subtle look that Mormon has, but it happened three times in this episode, and I feel like we're starting to get to a point where it's being overused. We have to... See, I didn't catch the first one. Okay. So I this was only the second time for me, and I thought it made sense here, so like it didn't bother me. It makes sense, but it's becoming almost cliche in my mind. And that makes it less effective to me watching it. Like I don't get the same chills I got from the first time it happened. Oh no, I didn't I didn't get chills the way I did the first time it happened because I I knew that that if anything was going to trigger him, this had to be what triggered him. Right. So, like, it wasn't chills so much as it was, like, anxiety because he didn't know what he was going to do. Yes. So, like, I still found it effective just in a different way. That makes sense. That makes sense. It just, I want them to be a little less heavy-handed with it now. That's fair. Or choose other ways to show Norman feeling that same way other than just his eyes. The- you know? Which... I do, and it's true because it's that look from the end of the movie, that last shot. They're relying on that shot a lot to show that there's the psycho still in there. Mm-hmm. And the more they do it, it does take away from the the power of the shot from the original movie, let alone how it feels in the show. Yes. So I, I would agree with you in that sense. Yeah, so I I'm hoping we back off a bit from that. And I think we might, because in the next scene, Norman goes to visit Caleb. And Caleb pushes him because he has taken on full Norma for the first time. And I know we had that one scene where he was leaving Bradley's where he kind of like almost got a little into Norma's head, like saying things she had said, but it wasn't. Why wasn't? He starts having flashbacks to what happened to Norma. And he wasn't even there. And he started acting. Here's here's my problem with those flashbacks. And here's how you know that it's not like a weird supernatural thing. It's just Mm -hmm. like a psychotic break. Because Norma in the flashbacks was adult Norma. Right. It wasn't like he was having flashbacks to something that happened as a teenager where there could be some kind of supernatural, like weird out-of-body connection yeah, or her, her yeah. spirit's actually there. He's having flashbacks that aren't real. Right. And that's not to say that she didn't, that what he says didn't happen. Like, it's not to say that the rape didn't happen, that the abuse didn't happen. Right. Like, I don't think I, that's true. But his feeling of having been there is not real. Right. His becoming her is insane and this is i think this was a good place to put that in yeah almost halfway through the second season i literally just like when he said you raped me i was like what the fuck norman like i freddie highmore in this scene did incredible it was like, I'm getting chills just thinking about it because he... Did he really win did any awards for the show? I don't know. I didn't look into any of that because I didn't want to find any... No, I don't either. I think if I look at just his Wikipedia and see, like, awards, it might... I'm sure he did. And if he didn't, that's a problem. <laughs> because he did 
Like, I mean, I've seen him in other shows, and he's an incredible actor across the board. Okay, this- he was he was nominated three times for a Critics' Choice TV Award, but did not win. Um, he was nominated. What is Fangoria? I don't know the Gold Derby either. He never won an award for that. Oh no, he won the People's Choice Award in 2017, but. But that would have been like season five. Yeah, but everything else, everything else, other time that he was nominated for this, he didn't win. They must have had some other big shows. I'm trying to look what came out in 2014. Yeah, now now I'm just going to have to look at the Critics' Choice Awards for that year because, like, what? Yeah, because that's a wild um, thing. Um, Yeah, so he's going off as Norma. It is scary as hell. It is very convincing and very emotional. And unfortunately, Caleb lives. But he now knows that Norman is crazy. What one? The first year he was nominated, he lost to Matthew McConaughey in True Detective. I heard the first season was good, but I haven't seen it. The second time he won, he lost to Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Saul, which... Fair. I mean, and the third time he was nominated, he lost to Sterling K. Brown in This Is Us. So he was up against shows that had more recognition than Facebook. Right. Not to say that not to say that any of those three actors are bad actors, and I think that all three of those roles are great roles. But like this was was this was a an acting triumph, like to because. Sterling K. Brown played a great man with family drama in a really well-written show. Bob Odenkirk played a character that was more compelling because it had a fan base built in. Yes. The actual acting skill that was required. They did well at what was required, but it wasn't right. a high requirement. No. Yes. yes. They didn't play Correct. multiple personalities exactly they I mean they the only thing that i would say like uh rivals this would be um i always forget his name and the, the guy in split oh you know um and he played professor x um, um mm, mm. i always forget his name why what you know but he's the only one I would say rivals this type of. Well, what's her name from Orphan Black? I haven't seen Orphan Black. But it's, I mean, it's the same thing where it's the oh, same I actress believe. playing like a million characters. Why? No, I'm, it's going to bother me that I don't. Oh, James McAvoy. Yes, James. James yes. Even Tony Collette, I don't know if you saw the show where that she was in and had multiple personalities. Excellent show. And I mean, obviously, I mean, she's Tony Collette. She's excellent at everything. Yes. I don't think she reached this level still with her most, like her um, Orphan Legend. Black, it was Tat- Tatiana Mislani, and she did win a shit ton of awards for it. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so, but like. There was also a Netflix show, so it got more recognition to start out. Like people right. knew it existed, whereas Bates Motel was, what, what were we on? FX or something like. Um, yeah, it was, no, it was FX, yeah. Yeah, it was like not on a prime time right channel, i guess and so 
it didn't have the same opportunities, I feel like. Right. Um, yeah, so Caleb lives. Um, and now he knows one is crazy. I'm interested to see where that's going to go. Um, we go back to the docks where Sheriff Romero's leaving and he pulls up to a house and well they tell him he has to leave because he has to go back to his house they tell him go back to your house yes and uh this first of all before we get into it was a terrible lighting choice like the way like when they drove up and the lights on his car were flashing back and forth it looked more like the tv was cutting out when it has those lines across it than an actual okay that's I can see that. No, I liked the the red though because they went from the hotel having all yes. those red lights to the red lights from the fire being so close in color scheme that for a second I thought that I misheard them say something about his house and that it, there was actually something wrong at the hotel. I 100% agree. That's what I was going to say. I like the next lighting choice with the house and how it reflected on his face mm-hmm. and how we had that darkness, but it it had almost a feel of, like the Stephen King stand, like the, the original mm, yeah. stand show, like, and so I thought that was, but it was so like it went from this like really terrible lighting of like police car lights that didn't look right in the scene to going right. to this really well, excellent. And, and the worst part is the hotel lighting was phenomenal. Yeah, like of Caleb leaving, and then they had the shitty police car, and then they went to the fire light, yep. and it was like. They could have done that better because it would have just made the whole transition so much nicer. Is it like it took me out of the scene for a second because of because I was like, did my TV just mess up? Like that's how much I thought about when I was watching that. Like, yeah, um, because it was his house burning was phenomenal looking. Like, scene. I was so angry about it that I wrote that I was going to kill Zane myself. Yes, um, that is fair. Let me go over to the diner. And uh, it turns out Norman's just been sitting there for half an hour just staring at the window. And I was like, I bet that was terrifying. Like, if I was the one working at that diner, I would have been, I would not have been like, oh, you have a number on your arm? Let me call them. I would have been like, immediately call the police. Like, I would have not reacted the same way. But, I mean, I'm glad she called the Cody and not the police, but this puts Cody in a weird um right because my note now says that Cody is gonna be the next one to get seriously hurt because she knows he's fucking crazy. She knows too much now. Yeah. Um and a interesting and I like the choice. The very last line of this episode is everything will be okay. It will not. And it will not. And it, I mean, it's, we're going into mid-season. We are getting ready to ramp up. So I like, I like that that's how it ended when it's clearly not where we're going. Right. Um, I also meant to mention this about Cody earlier on that I forgot. Um, she was talking to Norman about like parents because he said it's about my mom or whatever. And she's like, yeah, something about having a single parent. They become like bad enough to make your life as bad as if you had two. And that you know, added up to like what we were talking about with her dad the last mm-hmm. time. And I yeah. was like, hey, maybe he is alive and he is a bad person. Um, so I think you're wrong there. Anyway, so everything will be okay, but not really. Um, do you, who do you want to punch in the face? 
Zane, like a lot of people, truthfully, but like right in the moment at the end of the episode, Zane, because how dare you mess with my husband? Um, so I also wanted to punch Zane, but for different sake, they can never punch Christine. Mm, fair. Hester, fair. went on. Maybe just, just something, something off about her. So who's your MVP? Gunner. Uh, I knew you were going to pick Gunner, so I picked Emma. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and no, I just feel like when Gunner reacted by being like, listen, you said that you were relieved, and I really like you, and so I just need to know, like, do you not like me, or, like, are you just happy that I didn't drunkenly take advantage of you? Because, like, I need to know for my own so, sake. Yeah, clarity, let's have this conversation Good for everyone. I love it. Those the good scene in the show. The <laughs> um, apparently, at some point, War by Katy Perry played while uh, Emma and Norman were together, and I missed it. Oh <laughs> yes, it was playing in the hotel or in the hotel office. I'm trying to remember what scene it was because I, I was assume like, it's whenever she was strange. like hiding from Gunner. Because that's, I think, the only time they were in the office together. And, oh, yeah. It was when Cody ran into the office and yeah. yelled at him. And, like, she was hiding and then he was hiding. And, yes. And I was like, that's weird. Okay. I was like, that is a weird choice to be placed in this episode. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they did that. I don't know who the music supervisor was. But I think it was not a great choice. But it is what it is. So, um um, that's all I have. Unfortunately, there were no trivia or fun facts or anything. It happens. It happens. Um, so, yeah. If you have any thoughts, if you know where that hotel was located or what else please. you then please let me know. You can email us deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can find us on any of the social media at deathandaliens. You can find me at cefob13. And you can find me at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And we will see you for our Sci-Fi Sunday. Sci-Fi Sunday.